This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. Excited to be back, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Just like you, Josh, excitement reigns. The FPL game is back. The site is live in true FPL fashion. It is live, but deeply flawed. This, <laughs> this, this Ballyhood draft game, where, where is that? Uh, next week. Next week, the draft game is coming. Have you tried to boot up the app on your phone yet? Oh, I, I wouldn't dare do that for a couple more weeks, Brandon. <laughs> you, you're hurting our chances of getting them on to do an interview. That's, with the that's true. <laughs> FPL officials, if you're listening, uh, smashing job with the launch. I mean, all things considered, to to launch a game of this size with the, all the managers sort of pouring in, it's it's impressive. I guess we should cut them a little slack. Eh, sure, we can if we want to. I mean, the fantasy is basically like a marketing arm for them. So you know, they're they're doing fine. The game is the game is in great shape. Uh, the fantasy just, game it, is also in great shape. It is. I, it, it's just like the way that the Premier League. Uh, I love people. Are, people love writing in on, on how we pronounce Premier. Should we should we have a little lesson on how to pronounce Premier? You say Premier, to, Josh. Uh, Premier. 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 <laughs> Is it, is it Premier? I, I, I honestly don't know how to say it right. And I don't so, know how to. I, I just feel like the Premier League shoots themselves in the foot because um, it's all this buildup. Like there were two weeks of, of like, oh, guess what Gareth McCauley's price is going to be. The game is going to launch any day now. And then and they're pumping up this draft league. And, and there are lots of mixed messages, I feel. And I. Right. We're both marketers by trade. We were kind of we we. I think we'd like a seamless uh, <laughs> launch of the game. But. Well, okay, I I might beg to differ a little bit. I actually thought the social media was pretty decent this year. Was, it definitely I was. was, not, was uh, well, there was yeah, so much more of it, which is welcome. Yeah, it, exactly. And I mean, they didn't even announce what day the game was going live, which was a little strange. And I, I'm not sure if that's because they didn't know themselves. Or, or what exactly. Uh, but I, I had a feeling it was going to be this morning. I actually, like, the first thing I did when I woke up was log onto the site and, uh, 
and getting you know auto auto pick my team so that I can get the lowest number possible for my my team number. Okay, should we? Okay, should we announce what our what our numbers are just so yeah. just so people I know that my, I think I'm like fourteen thousand forty or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm somewhere similarly in the twelve thousand eight hundred range, but th- it's like I'm trying to think of what you could compare it to, but it's very much the first day of school. Like, oh, which classroom are you in? And everyone right. is, which is amazing. I was on Reddit this morning, and there was some guy in the thread who actually got number four, right. uh, which I don't I don't know how you even do that. <laughs> there must be like twenty five guys that work in the FPL office that. That have dibs on those spots. So that, well done to whoever you yeah, are. I hope you're I listening. I thought fourteen thousand was pretty good for the U.S. I mean, I wasn't going to wake up at like you know five o'clock in the morning to to do this. So oh I'm yeah, we're at, we're at a distinct disadvantage. <laughs> Brandon, before we go any further, I just want to a couple things I want to throw out there. One, uh, this is the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. Uh, we are both uh, Americans. Uh, I am Josh. You are Brandon. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yes, that's we both correct. have uh, U.S. passports. Both <laughs> U.S. passports. Uh, and we do a weekly podcast on the, uh, the Fantasy Premier League game. Uh, we've both been playing for uh, a long, long time. Uh, we're both uh, friends in real life. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Acquaintances. No, no, we're friends. We're friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've known each other for well, well over a decade. Years now. Yeah. Uh, longtime friends. We've been playing the game uh, in our, our mini leagues and public leagues and, and you name it for, for a long, long time. Um, and uh, so we, we, we talk about the game every week. And um, we're also podcast, like two, two, two grossly competitive people. And I think we've been that way even before yeah. we started playing the FPL game. Yeah, with with the, with each other in particular. So if, if you enjoy watching two people who are sickly competitive with each other uh, talk about their fantasy teams each week, to the point where we don't even really we don't even fully reveal what our transfers are to each other, even though it would make it for a better podcast, we won't do it uh, out of out of sheer spite and. Uh, and, and 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 let's be clear: the spite and competitiveness goes many layers deep. We first met because oh, some people know this story. We first met because we dated the same girl. <laughs> it's true, exactly. So exactly. there you go. There's a little window into the into the the nature of the banter you hear on the Always right. Cheating podcast. Exactly. So so it's a weekly podcast. Uh, we have. Um, you know, we, so we have, we have the, actually have the Hail Cheaters Super League, which is a, a free public league that anybody can join. Uh, the league code is uh, is up on our Twitter feed. Uh, it's also on our Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is uh, twitter.com um, slash uh, Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-E-R-S. Uh, and then Twitter or Facebook, excuse me, we're at facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, if you ever want to email us, we're hailcheaters at uh, gmail.com. Uh, and we also have a Patreon supporter page, Brandon. And I bring this up right at the top of the podcast uh, for one for one big reason, which is that a lot of people have been asking about. Uh, I'm scratching my chin right now, waiting for this one big yeah. reason. Mm, do tell. Yeah, last last year we had a head to head league that a lot of people really enjoyed playing, and it was called the Always Cheating Showstoppers League. Uh, and it was a relatively small league, um, and uh, I think we kept it under fifty. Um, and uh, it was you only play everybody once, but then we actually we had playoffs. So after 35 weeks, the top eight teams made the playoffs. Um, I happened to win, but that's of no importance here. But I bring it up again because it makes me nobody feel good. nobody even remembers that you won. <laughs> 
So we are uh, the Head to Head League is now going to be a Patreon supporter exclusive. So if you go to patreon.com slash always cheating, you can learn more about it there. Uh, we put it at one of the one of the absolute you know lowest pricing tiers. Uh, but if you uh, if you want to play this year, you go there. Anyone who is currently a Patreon supporter uh, at the, at the three dollar three dollar five dollar level, um, you're automatically going to get entry into the league. You don't have to resubscribe or do anything. We'll just we'll just automatically send you the code for the the head to head league. Um, what about me? Uh, yeah, are you a supporter? You're actually not, Brandon. So we might oh, have to. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I got grandfathered in just by uh, just by being here, but. Apparently not. So You're tough. You're a tough a, customer. Yeah, we got a couple of members. We're also going to do a survivor pool this year in our Patreon league. We did one in the second half last year. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and um, I'm we, a huge uh, fan of the survivor game because yeah. it's it's like very low impact. I yeah. mean, don't don't tell this to Dave Wagner Lodal, who won the survivor pool last year. He had all right. sorts of charts and tables, but it is a <laughs> lot of fun. Yeah. Just pick one team a week. I think we probably won't start the uh, the uh, survivor pool until maybe game week six or seven. Just something like just we're gonna give the league a few weeks to breathe. You know, let's let it let's let it like a wine, Brandon. Let's let the league develop, and then <laughs> when people are starting to get a little bummed out about their team, starting to think, you know what, maybe this is not the year I finished number one in the world. Uh, then we roll out the survivor pool. So. Uh, anyway, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to uh, Patreon, and that's Patreon is uh, p a t r e o n uh, dot com slash always cheating uh, to find out more. And uh, uh, for anybody who's listened to the podcast for a couple years now, um, we'll, we might do this on one or two more podcasts at the start, and then and then we'll we'll leave it alone, and we're not going to bring it up every. Yeah, thanks every thanks for suffering through our brief sales pitch here. We appreciate <laughs> exactly. it. Uh, so what else is going on? So the site is up. Uh, on this week's episode of the podcast, we are going to uh, we're going to give a, a few first impressions. We've got a few comments from uh, from podcast listeners that we're going to share. Uh, we're going to talk about the the new chip uh, that's been added this year, uh, and then we're gonna, just going to give a team by team look at our, our first impressions of player prices for each team. So this is not going to be in depth. We're going to do team talk uh, on you know later episodes of the podcast where we really dig into each team. Right now, it's just you know Arsenal like. What what what's your first impression of the prices on Arsenal? You know, maybe we pick out one or two players that are that we think are priced too high or too low or whatever. Um, or just right. Price. Yeah, exactly. Like I looked at the uh, at West Ham today. That's pretty much just right. There's no no drama there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's never any drama at at, at lo- the London Stadium. No, exactly. Well, it's yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough times for West Ham the first few weeks of the season. It really uh, will. Yeah, so Brandon, let's let's get right into it. Um, let's talk about the free hit chip. What do you think about this? You know, I it's a hard one to like fully wrap your head around, but I think I initially really like the idea. Well, let's let's first say um, all out attack. It was it was a it was not a fun ride. We nobody will miss you as a chip. Good riddance. Go right. goodbye. All out attack. Good riddance to bad rubbish. <laughs> so just on that alone, I sort of welcome welcome the uh, wait. What are we calling this this chip again? I think it's called the free hit chip. The free hit chip. <laughs> it's it it's kind of an, a, a jarring name. The free hit chip. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I I think uh, a lot of people have discussed it in very logical terms. This is going to be a great chip to use in those game weeks where there are a lot of blanks. And you don't want to totally overhaul your team. Just 
just to get a bunch of West Brown dudes in right. to play right. when all your other players are blanking. And then exactly. you have to work your way out of that hole. And I can see that being a huge advantage. And um, I, I'm, I'm not sure about the debate between this this chip helping or hurting casual players. I think the consensus is, is this is a great chip to help casual yeah. players. Do you think we fully explained this chip to anyone who hasn't seen it yet? I, I don't know if we have. So the, the free oh, yeah. lay, lay it out. Yeah, the free hit chip is basically, um, let's say you have a uh, game week coming up where, um, you know, you just don't like your squad. It's not a good fit. Uh, maybe there's a player that everyone owns but you uh, that you can't bring into your team for some reason who has this, like, amazing home fixture. You know, Alexis at home to, you know, West Ham or something. Um, and Or maybe it's a game week where, um, you know, there's just a lot of teams that are playing FA Cup matches and, um, they're you know, they can't play that weekend. Um, so what you can do is you can take your entire squad and replace it with a completely different squad. Fifteen like you're on a temporary a temporary one game week wild card that will disappear, much like a Snapchat. What exactly? One game week wild card, uh, and you get to you get to field that that new team for one week, and then once the uh, once the week is over, uh, you revert back to the squad that you had before. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of a fun idea. I, I think it'll be really fun. And I mean, I, I, I guess like there, there are some concerns about whether it's all, everyone's going to play it the same week or something. But, I, you know, if if we have a season where there are multiple double game week opportunities, I, I really think that you could use it uh, in different ways. I don't think it has to be a game week where there aren't a lot of fixtures, you know. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it does offer up some creative possibilities. Now, of course, it's easy to say now. We'll see how there will definitely be some group think that converges on on the chip. There, are, there always is, but I, I do think. And then, then there's some concern about whether these chips only. The reality is these chips uh, make the game more interesting for people who are new to the game, uh, and make it more easy for the people who are experienced to uh, to do better. But um, I actually don't see that as a problem. <laughs> and I actually think it's harder and harder for good players to have an edge. Uh, I think that there are so many, um, you know, it's a little bit like the online poker boom. You know, like the, the longer, the, um, the more popular online poker got, the more that there was a sort of community of, uh, you know, websites and podcasts and books and whatever that explained to you kind of, you know, just ideal strategy for a number of different situations. Um, the harder it got for players to have an edge, you know. So, um, is it fair to say that the always cheating podcast has has done has had this impact on the FPL game? <laughs> uh, sure, let's let's say that. Let's just let's just say that and pretend <laughs> it's true. Uh, if you're going to enjoy this podcast, Brandon, I think not you. I don't think you enjoy the podcast at all. But I, I, I no. you know, let's say you're someone who does. Um, then I think that. It's got to be about just the the enjoying the journey of playing the game, right? Just the the sheer fun of playing the game, and um, you know I think that we're pretty serious about strategy and things like that. But I think it's really, uh, you know, it's 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 two friends. Heavy it's fun. worth it, it's definitely worth underlining, Josh. And yeah. as we mentioned, we're really competitive. We're huge fans of the league. Have been for. Uh, Quite a long time. Not not as long as uh, is the hardest of the hardcore. I'm looking at you, Danny Bean. But right. um, the Nick Cummings, Richard Orford. Yeah, yeah. So many of you know so so much about the league, but always cheating exists to at once be about the strategy, but also about the fun and the experience of of being a fan and playing the game. And I hope that's what Josh I and I so bring too. to you. Even every though there's week. nothing less fun than talking about the fun of something. 
It is like yeah, exactly. it, is, it is impossible to be fun while saying that sentence. Yeah, have you ever met a cool person who's like, "Hi, I'm I'm Brandon. I'm a really cool person." Right. Yes, I agree, Brandon. That uh, so, I'm a cool person. I think you're pretty cool. You're pretty cool. Your mom thinks you're cool, and I think you're cool too. <laughs> That's really nice of you to say. Thank you, Josh. Both, both of us, yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon, what about first impressions of player prices? Uh, we've got a few comments here. Uh, some of them are, are very, like, very brief, so I'll, I'll just read them quickly. Uh, Ruin Oliver says, um, uh, Ru- uh, sorry, Ruin Olivier uh, just says, financial crisis. And yeah, there's, uh, there is like a, uh, maybe a distinct uh, wage gap happening mm-hmm. in the upfield presses. Lots of expensive players. And uh, a lot of cheap players, not a lot in between. Exactly. And, you know, but it always seems that way at the start, I think. Right. I mean, as the, yeah. as the season goes on, you, we always we always find value. I was thinking about this, uh, especially in the the impulse when the game first launches is you're looking at the new new players who who are new transfers, maybe unproven, looking to see what they're priced at. But you quickly gravitate to the stars from last season, like Alexis and Hazard and KDB and and Lukaku, to see what they're priced. And of course, because they had great seasons, their prices are going to be higher. And you're going to get this feeling, naturally, that everything is a little more expensive because... It right. is more expensive than last right. year, but we finished last year replete with all this knowledge of where the value lied, and that knowledge only comes to comes to us so one once season. the season starts. Exactly, it's a it's a one season rental that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just like a totally clean clean slate now. So the, I, I, the, I do think that's where it benefits having played multiple seasons because you know looking at Leicester, for example, and the kind of regression in prices that they've had this year, um, there is a lot of value there. I mean, someone like Danny Simpson at 4.5 million is really, um, really tempting. I remember, I remember having Danny Simpson at 4 million back when he played in Liverpool. That was what, like six, seven years ago. He was your, uh, Jordy Amat of <laughs> that fun. season. Well, he actually played though. Unlike Amat. Uh, Andrew Ferguson says very tight budget, hard to find value, which probably favor the hardcore, uh, should make for a great season. Uh, I agree. I, I didn't look at these prices and get, um, you know, uh, nervous or whatever. I, I got kind of excited. I thought, oh, this is, I mean, you know, there's, there's some interesting stuff going on here. And, and I, I totally agree. I wasn't I wasn't terribly intimidated by it because you're looking at these really high-priced strikers. Um, you're looking at Jesus and Lukaku and Lacazette. And, and it's interesting because you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to choose between... And it's it's hard to say who is going to be the Luis Suarez, Van Persie character this season. And I think we're going to see a lot of diversity in team's strike force in the first couple of weeks, which is going to be fun. Yeah, I think I think so, too. Um, yeah, I, I, I despite our like weird complaint about the fantasy game, like right at the very top of the podcast, I, I, if I want to give them a, a shout out, uh, I always I, I think they do a great job of pricing players very fairly. Um, it's invariably the players are priced pretty close to where they should be, you know, year in and year out. You, you feel that way about Jermaine Defoe as well? No, he's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought so. Uh, I saw a chink in that armor. Lewis said, uh, defenders too expensive, mids and forwards, mostly cheaper than expected. Uh, Kudze Mupatsa said, 
uh, zero value players now. Um, you know, value value comes to those who wait. Yeah, no, absolutely. I got that from a card. <laughs> got that from a greeting card, <laughs> card or a or a bottle of of uh, Heinz ketchup, maybe. <laughs> No, it's like we were saying before. It, it's really hard to see the value players at this stage. I mean, I think, I think once we start tinkering around with our teams, we'll yeah, start to get ideas of, of exactly. I mean, I feel like you know today that today was Ruben Loftus Cheeks Day, right? Where everyone <laughs> he's like somehow he's in like ninety eight percent of all teams. Uh, this guy who's like I don't think ever scored a goal in. Uh, has he scored a goal even like in the? championship or anything like that i mean he's he's just a player who we all know right because he's played for england under 21s and he's played for chelsea for a long time yeah i mean he was he's been one of those guys who's always been on the the like outer rim of the chelsea first team but I, i there is this feeling around him because he didn't just ride the bench the entire time he will he would get I mean he'd get garbage time minutes, but right. you still did see him play maybe get ten minutes once a month. He so, got, and I think that's scored, enough to see yeah. potential. He scored one goal in twenty two appearances dating back to twenty fourteen for Chelsea. Uh, it's that a very not mean sem- he's not a talented player. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. And he could turn out to be that value, but I'm, i there are shades of I had similar feelings about Jordan Ibe when he moved from Liverpool to Bournemouth at the start of last season and I thought, here we go. Jordan yeah. Ibe, let's we do were, this. We were we were big on the Ibe train. Uh and who was that there was that Southampton player that we were all kind of in on last year for a while. Remember him? He was kind of in and out of the squad. Uh yeah, Emil Pierre Hoiberg. Oh Hoiberg, yeah. yeah. Emil Hoiberg. <laughs> Uh, we were all very, very excited about him as a 4.5 million option. He had Just a no, fun name to say. Yeah, no goals and no assists last year. Josh, before we get into the team-by-team team, uh, quick look, we've got two more quick questions. First comes from Richard Orford, good friend of the pod, who uh, writes us, who, in your opinion, is the most overpriced and underpriced in each of the positions? So I'll toss it to you, Josh. Is there, I mean, just name one player in your in your mind, in your yeah. initial impressions that's over or underpriced? Yeah, there are definitely a few. And I think that once we get into the team-by-team uh, team look, we'll, we'll be able to, you know, drill down to this a little bit more. But uh, I think that Roberto Firmino at $8.5 million as a forward now, reclassified as a forward, is uh, potentially pretty good value. Um, I mean, I think that... I don't know. It just seems like that's like a pretty fair price, especially considering the price rises that um, that uh, Mane and uh, Coutinho both picked up this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, eight point five for a you know a really solid squad that should score a ton of goals. Um, that seems like pretty good value. Um, and I th- I think uh, Jermaine Defoe to me seems a little overpriced. I mean, I, I know he scored a ton of goals, especially in the first half of last season, but uh, eight million for a Bournemouth striker seems uh, a bit rich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was looking more at the defensive end of things. I was flabbergasted that um, Thibaut Courtois came in at five point five. We had predicted six. Now it's not a point five doesn't seem like a huge uh, uh, gap in price, but for a goalkeeper in in particular, a starting goalkeeper at a Champions League side. Point five makes so much difference, and I think that that might be great value. Hmm. I mean, d- depending on your feeling about needing Chelsea coverage on the wings where they were so right. effective, and you or don't expensive. want to double up, 
or expensive keepers. Um, I I did I tried the expensive keeper thing last year and it really backfired. So I I think I'm going back to my like four point five five million tops. I mean Pickford at five million is, is kind of interesting to me. And at Everton, uh, Leighton Baines. I know this this guy has been just a sterling FPL asset forever, and he kind of took us off guard looking at top five def- def- top five defenders from last season. And he was there at number five. But coming in at six million, he just feels like a 5.5 to me. And if he's being taken off penalties, I mean, maybe now that Rahm has left Everton, Baines is back on that duty. But I need to see more to establish him as a 6.0 defender at this stage yeah, of his career. That whole defense felt a little expensive to me. I mean, Michael Keane at 5.5. I mean, I, I know he's a, he's a solid defender, but uh, he has very little goal threat. You know, and I, I just don't know why you would bring in Keane at 5.5. They actually, upon consideration, Everton could have a really great defense with with Pickford, Williams, Keane, if Coleman gets healthy sooner rather than later. But then again, yeah. Pickford at 5.0, that's a slam dunk right there. I feel like he's a starting goalkeeper. All of these new players, though, too. I mean, I think that team is super interesting. And I think there's a lot of interesting fantasy implications on that team, but... Um, it feels like that could be a team that could lose some like real stinkers the first half of the year as they yeah. kind of figure out how to integrate. I mean, that, that squad could have like five new starters by the time the season starts. Yeah. All right. We're, we're, we're going to get to the team by team breakdowns, <laughs> but one last question. And I think we'll take a break. It comes from Harry Haslam. Is it a good idea to save a bit of cash going into game week one to pick up the informed players early on when everything is messy? So this this is an interesting idea. Do you have the discipline, Josh, to keep a little money in your piggy bank when putting that game week one squad together? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> realistically, no. Uh, I, I think that as the season will get closer and closer, I, I can just I know the way that I'm going to start tinkering with the stuff. It's actually it's actually kind of hard to do as well, because. You know, when the season starts, players start creeping up a tenth and down a tenth. I mean, you know, you start to, like, you have that feeling of horror, like, on the first Saturday of game week one, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, you know, Riyad Mahrez just scored two goals. He's going to rise 0.3 in the next, you know, uh, you know, 72 hours or whatever. Um, but that, that, at the start of the season, you know, you, you could really only have 0.5 in the bank or a million in the bank or something like that. You know, it's a pretty large amount of money to have in there. So I... You know, if it was 0.3 or 0.4 or something, um, I could see doing it. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think I will. Yeah, me either. I'll definitely have zero in the bank game week one, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> this is why we'll never be number one, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't dismiss the, the, the po- taking point hits early in the season. I think it's a safer time period to take those point hits. Yeah. Uh, and, you're, and you're playing the market a lot more at the yeah. start, like like a, a much bigger market at the start of the season. Play, there are going to be player price rises throughout the entire season, yep. but they're all over the place at the start of the season. And if you commit to just being able to burn for here or there, I don't. I think you could be less concerned about your bank. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, there's a lot of uh, so I think we're going to do uh, some. We're gonna, I mean, we have a lot of – it's actually quite a bit of time before the season starts still. So we, we're going to do quite a few podcasts, I think, before uh, the season even kicks off. Uh, but one thing I do want to talk about is just some deeper strategy, you know, like overall strategy. We did, we did an episode like this last year called uh, 10 Tips for FPL Success. And uh, maybe we'll kind of revisit those and, and update it a little bit and, 
you know, there are a couple things that I want to. Focus I'll have on to go get the files, the audio files from the Library of Congress, Josh. <laughs> Please do. They actually sent it out. It's sent out into space, Brandon. So that yeah. Aliens, aliens are getting really good at FPL because of that podcast. Uh, but I think that you know, one thing I don't think we talked about in that podcast, but that I'm really going to focus on this year are um, uh, just having the defenders who can score. I mean, I just I I, I can be so value focused when it comes to defenders that I'm just. You know, it's even even right now. I mean, I was talking about Danny Simpson, right? I mean, Christian Fuchs is going to start the season at five million, uh, but for 0.5 more, you're getting so much more goal threat from Fuchs, right? Or at least assist threat at the very least. Um, and so I'm going to try to actually put some money in my defense this year for the first time, possibly ever. Uh, <laughs> it's just not an area that I've, I've focused on a lot the last uh, couple of years. I so think it's smart. Year, I think. Yeah, last last season was a great example of of how defenders can change the course of your team. Having Marcus Alonso early on really gave managers huge bursts. Like when he had his yeah. his brace that early on, um, and then when we saw he was taking free kicks, really changes the dynamic of your team in ways that cheaper defenders can't. Totally, and I you know I jumped like I had this you know I, I kind of a bad start to last season, and then I jumped. You know, I think it was like 1.4 or 1.5 million over the last you know 10 weeks or so, and you know I was kind of at the back of Marcus Alonso and Vincent Company. You know those two players were just scoring tons of goals, and uh, it really, um, and it was just a lot of value there. You know, especially Company who wasn't who was so expensive that almost nobody had him. Uh, Is it but, too late to have a brief reverie uh, for Vincent Company? Like how? It looked like that guy would never be able to play a full 90 minutes ever yeah. again. And he came back and had that amazing end it's to the true. season. I don't know if he can keep it up or not, but it was it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, great to see. Keep it up, Vince. All right, and on that note, let's take a quick break. Same old podcast, always shading. We're back, Josh, and here we're going to take a quick team-by-team look. This is just first impressions. As as you were mentioning earlier, Josh, we're going to come back with more episodes doing deeper dives into team-by-team. But let's start with Arsenal. You're you're an Arsenal fan, Josh. You're also an FPL fan. What's your first impression? Well, I I guess both of us underrated Lacazette a little bit. I think we both thought he was going to come in around, what, like 9.5 or so? I think that was my prediction. Yeah, I I totally lowballed it at 8.5. I guess it's it's just difficult for me to read the... um, the enthusiasm of a player coming straight out of uh, of Ligue 1. Now, I mean, other players have done it and done it marvelously. Zlatan and Ibrahimovic, of course. Yeah. But um, it, that that just shows my ignorance uh, for Lacazette and Ted. 10.5, it does seem to fit mm-hmm. for a starting striker for a team of the caliber of Arsenal. So I, I can't complain about that. Assuming he starts and he, he plays decently... Then there's no no gripe with ten point five there. Yeah. I mean, the question really is uh, is is Alexis going to be on the squad at the start of next season? Uh, okay, let's say Alexis is on the squad. Does that to you make Lacazette more or less valuable? I think it definitely makes him more valuable um, f- for this reason. I I really don't know what that Arsenal team is going to look like. Period. Without. Alexis. Mm-hmm. And I they they've got amazing players. Of course they're stacked in the midfield and if Ozil remains that that still um bolsters the assist potential going into Lacazette. 
But right. the whole that whole, the whole spirit of that team, for better or worse, let's be clear, revolved around Alexis and has for the last couple of seasons. So I, I think I'd be I want to wait and see if he ends up leaving. If Sanchez stays, yeah. then uh, Lacazette seems. Yeah, seems I think from uh, from open play, it certainly makes makes him more valuable. I think. Uh, if you know Alexis was on pens last year, at least he was when once Santi uh, went down. So, uh, Lacazette would probably be in pens if Alexis left. Um, so that that that's one factor. But yeah, that's we'll just have to wait and see on that. I think I think Alexis. Okay, so I mean that we had you know question from Uppercut Panda said um, you know what to do with Sanchez. Let's just assume right now that Sanchez stays on Arsenal. Um, what do you think about that twelve million price tag? It's very high. I mean, we put the ceiling at 11, 11.5. I can't say I'm really surprised at at 12 because he's been such a stud in FPL the last couple of seasons. But if you're looking to bring in some heavy hitters up front, like Lukaku or a Manchester City asset, it's going to be really tough. And there are a lot of really appealing midfielders out yeah. there that we're going to talk about. I like. I think I like Lacazette a little more uh, to start off the season uh, more than more than. Uh, for one thing, Alexis. I mean, played an, again this summer, right? So he might need, he might get an extended break, which you know Wenger usually does. Um, so I, I think that you know Lacazette is just such a natural goal scorer. He's kind of done it every year. Um, he's 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 a little older uh, for you know he's he's not one of these like. You know, he's not a, he's not a 21 year old striker who no one really knows what to think about yet. He's 26. He's you know had a lot of experience than you know in the French league. Um, they actually were looking at bringing him in last year. Um, so I think that he is. Um, I, I think Lacazette may actually be on my team at the start of the season. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's interesting. Um, I think that Sanchez seems a little overpriced to me at 12. Um, Ozil at 9.5. I mean, a lot of these prices are kind of where you'd expect. Um, I heard some people talking about Ramsey online, but I, I just don't see a lot of value there, even at seven million. Uh, you know, he only scored one goal and four assists, and you know, twelve hundred and thirty-six minutes of play last year. Uh, I know he's he's battled some injuries, but um, just not. You know, I don't think he's ever really going to replicate that form from the thirteen fourteen season where he had ten goals. Yeah, it, it 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 does seem really unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain, you keep waiting for him to have a breakout season and just like maintain a regular starting position. Yeah. If the, if that even is a remote possibility, he could be great value at 6.0, yeah. though. You know, what faith do you have in Wenger uh, doing that with the Ox? Yeah. What at would this be stage? ideal is for the Ox to go to like West Ham, which I think is a club that was rumored to pick him up. Uh, and then at 6 million, he's fantastic value at West Ham. Yeah, did you see that uh, Arnatovich was also agitating for a move to West Ham? Is that right? It's, I think people like Billich. I think Billich seems like a like a like a manager you'd want to play for. West Ham also feels like a, like a transitional club. Like it is clearly a. I mean, it's Shocking a story. It's a story club. They had to play in this huge new stadium. They've got a great fan base. And uh, if you if you have eyes toward it's like it's like when Lukaku went to Everton. I mean, it's similar. Mm-hmm. If you want to play Champions League football, you have to at some point move away from that squad to a to a mid table squad. Right. Uh, not much else to talk about here. Uh, the defender prices are pretty much where we expect them to be. Um, you know, Czech is at five point five, which is just as we predicted. Uh, Kolaz- Kolazinac at six point oh. 
Yeah, that was that was interesting. But you know, he we looked at, we talked looked at, talked about him a little bit last week, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of attacking threat from him. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure how he slots into that squad yet. I mean, he's it, I guess it depends on whether if Wenger plays three at three at the back, then I guess he's playing as a as a wing back. Um, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see how he squats it. I, I don't think I'd bring him in to start because I'm not sure uh, where he's going to play. You know, I mean, I guess we'll know more when, you know, when preseason starts. Yeah. All right, Brandon, Bournemouth. Uh, what, what's what's interesting things happening here at Bournemouth? Josh King is a forward. Yeah. That's, that's new. The, the Perez conspiracy said, oh, no, Josh King is not classified as a striker. Uh, I wonder if him or Defoe will score more goals. God, it's a really fascinating question. Jermaine Defoe doesn't go to Bournemouth. You sound, you sound breathless, like you've been. Uh, I am breathless. Excited about <laughs> you bring this up question. you bring up the cherries and uh, <laughs> and I just I just uh, get all verklempt. But there's no way Defoe is not on penalties, right? Like he, uh, assuming he he's locked into the starting eleven, and he's just not some sort of. I don't know. Defoe is not a type of vanity signing to help stealth jerseys. He's not really that kind of player. I mean, I like I like Defoe. I mean, I think he's you know he's a he's a professional. He's uh, I think he's a teetotaler. You know, I think he's like really like a like pretty on the up and up. He was he was really good with that kid last year, Bradley Lowry. I mean, I oh, like yeah. I like Jermaine Defoe. Don't get me wrong, but he is yeah. He had that really stirring video where he uh, a press conference where he was talking about his relationship with. With Bradley and yeah, yeah. It totally seems like a guy, a, a very human guy. But he is about to turn thirty-five this fall, and you just wonder at eight million that just seems like way too much. I mean, if you're going to bring in Defoe, you got to bring him in for like the first eight weeks or something because it's not going to last. I don't think. I don't think this guy is built for, you know, a thirty-eight week season anymore. I agree, and then there's really no point. Josh King has got to be your man because I think. Yeah. I think Eddie Howe would play them both together. And I think, uh, yeah, there's no way they don't, right? I mean, you don't yeah. after Josh King's season, you don't move him to move him to the bench. Yeah, um, and and it's it's an attacking signing, so it looks like Eddie Howe will be targeting goals here. So Josh King might be a really great third striker for you because, like I said, Bournemouth will be looking to score goals uh, more than not, and 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 he could be could be great. It'll be great again. Two things I want to I want to focus on here. One is uh, if Begovic wins that spot, uh, I think that he is uh, a really great option as a four point five million keeper. I just I, I rate Begovic really highly, um, and uh, Nathan Ake at five million. Uh, really, I, I think there's a very good chance that Ake makes my my team at the start of next season, start of this season. Yeah, these prices kind of killed Bournemouth's defense in a way. I mean, guys, guys like like. Well, actually, no. Francis is still priced at four point five, mm-hmm. uh, so there there is still some value to be had there. Yeah, it's it's a kind of an up and down start for for uh, Bournemouth. They they play West Brom and Watford back to back, which is fantastic. But then uh, then they do play uh, City and Arsenal in game weeks three and four. So uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I want to double up on my Bournemouth, you know, backline. But I think that I think that Begovic could be really good for rotation if if he you know actually wins the spot over Boric. Yeah, okay, so should we move on to Brighton? Let's do it. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, f- first of all, there's a guy named Dunk, Lewis Dunk. That's Gotta fantastic. love that. That's for the American fans, and I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brighton. Uh, Knockert, uh, I've heard he's pretty good. Okay, let's, 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 like, let's own up here. Uh, we don't know shit about Brighton. 
And I, I actually put a call out on Twitter this afternoon, but I'll, I'll put the call out here as well. If you want to write on the podcast about about Brighton and about their fantasy prospects, uh, you know, if you if you're a fan of the squad or if you just you know maybe you follow the championship pretty closely, um, you know, let us know. Um, and we'll be happy to have you on, yeah, as you know, do a, do a guest post or something like that. Maybe even have you on the podcast um, and uh, to talk about that. So, so let us know about that. Um, and uh, I'm just going to jump ahead here, Brandon, and I'm going to assume that the same thing applies for Huddersfield Town. Yeah, yeah, I think the same does apply. I mean, our our, our friend Danny Bean was shouting the praises of Knockart and and Mui, and these are guys that they they come into the Premier League having storied. Uh, campaigns in the championship, but like like Knockart at six million. If he were at five point five, it'd be like, yeah, I'm listening. Uh, there's there's something a little sexier about a promoted squad and and a, a good attacking option that is priced lower than six. So I, yeah, I, I'm six a little six, I'm a little thrown six by that. It's a little pricey for for anyone just just drink. I mean, let, let us know. I mean, if you're if you're a Knockart fanatic, if you're a Knockart head. You know, let us know and let us know how wrong we are on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Burnley, I like these prices. I don't really know what to say about these prices other than they're like exactly the same as last year. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't look like the oh Jack Cork. They did update Jack Cork just recently signed. Um, I mean, not that he's an appealing FPL asset, but at least they're having the opportunity to make some moves in the transfer market. Yeah, I think uh-huh. you know Ben Mee is a pretty solid player at you know four point five million. I think he's a you know, decent option in that defense. He's already up to twelve point two percent ownership. Josh. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> but the Volkswagen and the Volkswagen continues six million for Sam Volks. He's going to be there when you need him. Yeah, it's, for your free hit for your free hit chip. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Brandon is a uh, massive fan of the Volkswagen. He was. I feel like you were kind of you were on the Volkswagen like. Bandwagon. Oh, yeah, yeah the Volkswagen bandwagon. The semi-pun there. <laughs> no, it was that last season when Burnley got, I think it was their first win, or it was their first great result you know, against Liverpool. And um, Andre Gray and Vokes both scored. But there was something more appealing to me. Uh, I mean, maybe it was because I knew that Andre Gray was like a, a closet, like awful person. I mean, he's... He's a, we're allowed to forgive him. He's you just, a, you he's just knew that, like you looked into his eyes, and you knew that, you knew that <laughs> I had this allegations were about to come out. Yeah, the worst Sam, tweets anyone's ever. Donald Trump level tweets were coming out of his his Twitter feed. Vokes is um, who is that? Who is that kind of fat dude that played striker for Norwich that season? Um, oh, uh, Grant Holt? No, he wasn't. Yeah, that, though. I. I <laughs> Just big boned, but folks, he's part of that line of look at him, and he just looks a little too dumpy. But then when he gets on the ball, uh, like he has a really cultured foot, he's able to take a good shot. There was something appealing and relatable about Sam Vokes, and yeah. we hope the Volkswagen continues. Depending on your formation, he could be a good option at, at six million. Uh, all right, Chelsea. Here we go. One of the big guns. Like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm my interest has peaked in Thibaut Courtois at 5.5. I was certain he was going to be priced out at 6.0, and sort of like taken off the table. Yeah, but I still, I, yeah, I still think 5.5 is a little, a little eye watering for a defender. Or, yeah, or you're kind of you're kind of committing there to not have a goalkeeper rotation, and I think uh, that that's probably the better strategy is to rotate with lower priced GKs. But uh, Mar- uh, 
the the defense still looks pretty solid. I mean, guys like Aspilicueta and Cahill are probably definitely worth immediately jo- dropping into your team at 6.5. Now, what about Alonzo at 7.0? Yeah, Too much? We, we, we knew he was going to come in at this price. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. It does seem like a little too much, doesn't it? But then, I mean, it only seems like too much because, you know, relative to what we're used to paying for a defender. But if you watch him play, I mean, he he offers, you know, a lot of attack. Not only is he he occasionally in free kicks, but he also just, he has like a nose for goal, you know? I mean, he just, he gets gets into the box and he, um, you know, he's, he's a really aggressive player. And unlike, unlike Victor Moses, he actually converts his chances. Uh, so I, yeah, I, yeah, Moses to a defender at six point five. That's that. That seems like a no no. It is. I, I, it does seem like Espelquet is a slightly better value at six point five, but he doesn't score. He just doesn't score the way that Louise does. Yeah, Espelquet. Alonso does. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, but I mean Espelquet like racks up the bonus points, uh, so almost equaling. Equaling somebody's goal tally, what you get with with Caesar at uh, with bonus points could could do that. I think we're going to have to just really look at the. So let's shelve the Chelsea defender talk for um, for later podcasts because I think we should really look at the stats from last year. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of stats to work with now after last season, and I think maybe there's there's some there's like a story there that we can we can pull out and talk about a little more. Uh, speaking of stories, the midfield, I, I'm really kind of uh, at a loss as to what to do with it. I mean, uh, Fabregas and William, both great players. It's very difficult to see what kind of plan Conte has going into the season. Who's starting? Who's going to be coming off the bench? Yeah. Pedro at eight, Pedro at eight million. I feel like he deserved that up price. Yeah, on Twitter, uh, Martin Neuer asked us about Pedro, and he said, uh, 8 million midfielder. Um, he says, Pedro is perhaps more consistent than the City fellas, but not so sexy. And I have to say, I would not be excited about my fantasy team if I had Pedro as, I don't know, my third midfielder or something. I mean, maybe that's just a, a lack of respect on my part, but 8 does seem like a little too much. Uh, should we move on to Crystal Palace? I guess I guess we should we should spare a moment for Eden Hazard ten point five. Yeah, that's what we, we expected. We, yeah, what well, we expected, but he yeah. he's he he might not be right into the squad with this injury he's got. And Costa, I mean, we'll see if he's still there. Right, he's he's ten point five to start the season, or, or excuse me, ten million to start the season. Not a not terrible value. No, not at all. I mean, if if he's there, I think that's that's pretty decent. Yeah. The the overwhelming worry about Chelsea is there's lot there's just a lot of uncertainty. Right. You know, all the headlines read that Conte is is not getting what he wants in the transfer market. He's maybe a little upset with management, and as we saw with Mourinho, Chelsea can be a very emotional team. Right. If things aren't going their way, so it, there's just so many question marks. Yeah, I mean, Botchwai, you know, if Costa leaves and if they don't have a replacement forward, um, you know, Botchwai is really interesting at 8.5 million. Definitely, definitely. But Botchwai compared to Firmino? Yeah, well, that, that's true. Um, I mean, it's I an interesting price. Uh, yeah. For a guy who, yeah, scored the goal that won uh, Chelsea the title. 8.5 if you're comparing him to a guy like Firmino. It seems kind of wild. He's scored a lot when he's played, though. I mean, he does seem to be a real natural goal scorer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. All right, Palace. Uh, Zaha coming in at 7.0. Uh, 
uh, a lot of interesting midfield prices. It's like a, like a solid like fourth midfielder team. Andres Townsend at 6.0. That seems like a, a good puzzle piece to fit into your midfield. Yeah, I agree, even though I can't stand Andres Townsend. Uh, Ruben Lostercheek, we talked about already, is 4.5 million. Uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe he'll end up in my squad too, but it does seem... Uh, it does seem like there's like a lot of people rushing to bring him in, and I'm not really sure that there's. I'm not sure that he's the best option in that 4.5 million range. I'm not saying I have a better idea yet, but it does seem like there's like a like that's like that's a scary player to bring in because if you bring in a 4.5 million player and then they totally stink, then when players start playing their wild card in game weeks, you know, two, three, four, five, everyone who has him dropped him, and suddenly this player at the end of your bench is worth like four million instead of 4.5. Refreshing to see Scott Dan at 5.0. If he You're comes back, what's that? You're not even touching that one. I'm not touching Scott Dan? No, no, my, my long rant about Loftus Cheek. <laughs> I just, yeah, there's nothing more to add. You, okay. you said it all so eloquently. You agree? I do agree. Okay. I do agree. I mean, right. sometimes these guys get brought in just to bolster the squad. Um, I mean, they've got a new manager coming in. I mean, maybe he wants Loftus-Cheek to come in and he knows he's going to play a system. But I, what uh, what history does DeBoer have with Ruben Loftus-Cheek to, to where yeah. we know he's he's definitely straight into the starting 11? It's it's difficult to say. And I I, I think there were a lot of things that were working for Crystal Palace at, at different points during last season. And they all involved guys that are still there. Yeah. Like Benteke and uh, and Townsend and Zaha. Benteke seems a little overpriced, doesn't he? For for a team that's basically pretty bad, I, I feel like eight million is like an absurdly high price. Yeah. Oh no. He he won't see probably any team in the top unless he goes on some sort of crazy run. Um, and he does take penalties, but yeah, there's nothing appealing about that. Yeah. Uh, Everton. Lots of new players here. So many new players. It's pretty exciting. I think I think Pickford is is really the standout for me at 5.0. I think him rotating with the 4.5 goalkeeper is going to be sensational. I think I think uh, Everton, even though they lost Lukaku, it looks like they're really strengthening various weak points. I mean, yeah, except I, except except for this. Well, okay. I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, Wayne Rooney at 7.5 million. I, I like I am so tempted. I I I wish he was classified as a midfielder. I don't I don't is he going to play as a forward? I I you know I was I, I was just reading something where they were talking about how he probably will actually because if he plays as a forward his lack of speed is not going to like be as much of a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe or maybe some sort of uh, I mean if if uh, Sandro gets a starting Birth right out of the gate. Maybe you're playing Sandro on the last defender, and Rooney is kind of just like pivoting off of him. Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't have to run as much, but um, he's not the the farthest man up the field. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's already up to f- almost fifteen percent ownership. It it kind of seems valid to me. I, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of excited about the Wayne Rooney return to Everton. Yeah, it, it's sexy. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. We love narrative. Uh, Tom Davies, uh, five point five million could be could be a long term option. As yeah, like a fourth, you know, fourth or you know, I guess fifth midfielder if he was if he was really doing well. 
he just blew right right by Schneiderlin with his price tag. <laughs> Did uh, Ross Barkley? Uh, I'll never. I don't think he'll ever make my squad again. God, he is like just the quintessential seven point five <laughs> midfielder. Uh, Yannick Bolasie is at six point five. I, I don't know when he's actually going to come back from that leg injury. I love Yannick Bolasie. He's like the most fun player to watch. Uh, but I guess I, I mean odds are we won't even talk about him until the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting squad. It's shaping up to be one of the more fun ones to work into your team. I, I agree. Rooney, Rooney is is such an interesting story developing. Yeah, so we'll talk a lot more about Everton in the, in the weeks to come. Huddersfield, we're going to skip Brandon and let's move on to Leicester. And I see a lot of value here in this Leicester squad. Yeah, definitely one of those squads where the prices are sort of all over the map, which is which is fun. It's not just six, five point five, and six for all the defenders, and and ten for all the attackers. But uh, there there is this cluster of eight point five strikers now. We were, talk, we were just talking about Firmino and uh, who who else were we? Oh, who Bach else were we talking? Bachwai at eight point five, and now uh, Vardy. So a lot of it depends on what, what Leicester team shows up. Is it the Leicester of the first half of last season or is it the Leicester from the second half of last season? And right. Mahrez back down to 8.5. That's that's interesting. Yeah, and if he ends up at Arsenal, then he's fantastic value at 8.5 million. Uh, if if Mahrez leaves, which I think is definitely likely, if not, if not um, probable, uh, I really, it'll be interesting to see who's, who, you know, kind of steps up in his place. I mean, Ahmed Musa. Uh, came over with a great pedigree and didn't quite deliver last year. Uh, but if he sort of stepped into that attacking role, then at 6.5 million, he's really, really interesting. Amari Gray is another player who is really talented, super young, has not really been able to consistently start on that squad. Yeah, I'd, I'd read some articles that he, he or his agent were um, agitating for a either guarantee us some playing time or let us go to another team. So he. He looks like he's ready to prove something, either at Leicester or somewhere else. And I think you're right. If Mares moves, that that could be an opportunity for him. Um, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I think that Fuchs at five million and Danny Simpson at four point five million are both super tempting options. And looking up and down this Leicester squad right now, and seeing the, the you know the team selected by a percentage, um, that little drop down, uh, it looks like um, there's almost no one that has ownership higher than. Looks like Danny Simpson at 5.8% is the lowest, but uh, I see a ton of value in this team. And uh, Fuchs at 2.9% at 5 million seems way too low to me. I think that uh, it's a very good chance he makes my squad at 5 million. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely be looking at Leicester if you're looking for some value options. I'm really curious to see what happens uh, with Harry Maguire in this team. Does does Huth step aside? Does Wes Morgan step aside? Yeah. Or does Maguire sit on the bench? Yeah, because Morgan is the captain, but he's also the one who's looked kind of the shakiest, right? Yeah, right. Huth is Huth is totally ancient as well. And nobody, true story, Josh. Nobody knows how old Robert Huth is. <laughs> he's he's a German, you know. It's you can't tell. It's got that granite face. All right, Liverpool is up next, Josh, and obviously there's a ton to talk about here. Lots of great attacking options. James yeah. Milner reclassed. As a yep. defender, do we get any messages about this? Yeah, Arnie Magnuson and Nick Edge both both talked about Milner a little bit and how much value they they see there, and it's true. Uh, yeah, the okay, so the thing about James Milner is that he's on penalties, and um, his value was really you know sort of um, dampened last year by not 
being classified as defender, you know, and so he was kind of a midfielder who did nothing unless he scored a penalty, in which case he would pick up, you know, tons of bonus points. So now he is, you know, he's classified where he should be, but his price has sort of come along with it. Um, and I, my concern here with Milner is just that, you know, Liverpool are going to be playing uh, Champions League games for the first time, um, you know, in a few years this season. Um, and, you know, is he like, I think he's, you know, he's, he's like, he's the kind of veteran you want to play your Champions League games, right? He's not going to be intimidated by the, by the, you know, environs. Sure. Um, so is he going to get rotated a little bit? Is he, um, is he going to get worn out? Is, is he still going to be in penalties? I mean, you know, is it possible that they, they, they put someone else in pens now? Lest we also forget Liverpool's defense is not very good. Um, right. So I, if, if the if the Van Dyke transfer actually comes to pass, and uh, and they get somebody like Virgil Van Dyke in the center of their defense, I like their odds of of keeping a number of clean sheets much better. And then Milner becomes a bit more appealing because I'm more confident in the clean sheets. And then there's the added bonus of the penalties. But penalties and clean sheets with the defense as it is, I'm very skeptical. Also considering that rotation you were just talking about. So you don't think – Milner is probably not going to make your squad to start the season? No, as it is, definitely not. 6.5. While I appreciate the argument for, it's it's just too much for me. It, yeah, I, I'm, 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 in, I'm willing to be persuaded uh, by this. Like if I read an article that, you know – if there's some writer out there, Brandon, some talented writer who wants to wants to write, write for the website about why we should consider James Milner, please go ahead. Uh, but yeah, he's not making my squad either at the at, as of press. Well, let's let's think about it this way too. So you were you were saying earlier, and I agree, like trying to invest a little bit more in your defense. But honestly, what does that mean? That means you're going to have fewer 4.5 guys in favor of 5.0 and 5.5. Fewer Denny's more Christian folks. Right. So beyond that, you really only have room for one major premium defender. And if I compare James Milner right out of the gate to Marcus Alonso at 7.0, I feel like it's a no-brainer. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Uh, Midfielders, uh, they all got the bump we expected. Uh, you know, Mane is still come back from the knee injury. Uh, Coutinho is um, at nine million, which you know isn't terrible value, right? That's like that's pretty. That's that's that's, that's okay. I, I, yeah, that's an acceptable price for Coutinho. Yeah, no, I, I it totally is. I think nine point oh could be a steal if if Liverpool get into full gear, like like they did at points last season. I mean, Emery Chan got a total diss after scoring one of the best bicycle kicks we've seen in a long time. Yeah. He just just chugging along at 5.0. Yeah. He was kind of in and out of the squad. I think that was that's part of the problem. And that feels like a very crowded midfield now, right? I mean, with with, uh, with Salah and Coutinho and Mane and Firmino. I love, by the way, that Daniel Sturridge is once again overpriced. I mean, that guy, like, barely played last year, and somehow he's still $8 million. <laughs> Origi, Origi also kind of priced out of the game. I mean, he he was a fun guy to bring in and out when you needed uh, yeah, when you needed like a guy at six point yeah, five. Yeah, totally. But at seven point five, if if the offense looks like it did last season, I don't I don't see that playing at all. I did properly assess Salah at nine million. I was happy about that. Uh, we'll see what he does. Right? I mean, it's it's funny. I was actually in a. 
I was I I, I just got back from vacation this afternoon. And I was driving a car with uh, um, with our driver, and I found that he was from Egypt, and so I was I was trying to get some some dirt on Mo Salah, <laughs> and uh, uh, didn't get anything. Well, so. No, he wasn't a fan. No, he he's just, more of a. No, I just didn't really. He was. He was he's a, more he of was, a handball guy. He was a Real Madrid guy. You know. Uh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. Could, couldn't okay. get anything else. Yeah, Lalana at seven point five. Um, I like him as as maybe a cheaper option in the midfield if you can't squeeze in Coutinho. But the the pick of the bunch has to be Roberto Firmino at eight point five as your second striker. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, which we've already talked about. So let's let's move on to the next squad, which is Man City. Man City. Uh, now, we had guessed that Bernardo Silva was going to be at 8.5 coming into the game. We weren't far off, but it's it's a better picture. He's 8.0. And if he's going to if he looks as good in the Premier League as as his 15 minute techno highlight reel looks. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I think he looks he's that's a good price. Uh, Sterling, I think, is a good price at eight million. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I, I think he is. The problem remains, though, all the all the rotation that this team yeah. is going to go through. Yeah. So to pay $8 million for a guy who's going to play, you know, every, like three games and then miss two games, no. it's going to be very frustrating. Looking through the squad, right, I mean, De Bruyne, Asane, uh, Bernardo Silva, Sterling, David Silva, I'm skipping over Nolito. Uh <laughs> You know, on purpose. Gundogan when he returns. I mean, there's only so many guys you can fit in that midfield. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I guess that's that's just the risk you run with with uh, with Man City is that you um, you're going to deal with some rotation. But as we saw, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne was what the fourth best midfielder last year in terms of total points. Yeah, so it yeah. Doesn't, doesn't really matter in the end. Um, you know, as long as they're as long as they're delivering in the games they play, uh, and you've got the kind of squad depth that that can handle a rotation. You know, now and again. De Bruyne is at ten million, kind of exciting because he is that type of player that can come out and have that Alexis level impact on the game. Yeah. And if he strings a full season together, I think he he's got to be in everybody's team at ten million. I I am actually looking a little more at Sane, who you know I just think offers a similar threat and uh, doesn't maybe not as not the same assist threat that De Bruyne has because uh, I think De Bruyne is on corner kicks. I don't know if he's on corner kicks on both sides. Um, but I think uh, 8.5 is a very fair price for Leroy Sané. Yeah, I, I agree. And he is one of those players that saw the the smallest amount of rotation last season. Yeah. He's one of the fitter, younger guys. Pep really likes him. So, yeah, I, I agree. That's a great alternate. I think first Jesus, choice. Uh, Jesus, Gabriel Jesus, is a pretty good price at 10.5. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, it is. It is, Josh. <laughs> good, Good point. But so okay, so how do we stack uh, Jesus' ten point five up against Aguero's eleven point five? What what yeah. can you predict is going to happen with these two guys? Are they going to share the spoils? I think that they they were sharing at the second like at the end of last season. So I, I think that will happen. I hope that one of them doesn't become like the Champions League starter and the other guy is the Premier League starter or something. Uh, that could be kind of messy. I'm probably going to stay away from these guys and probably focus on their midfield, but I don't know. What do you think? I agree. I think their midfield is probably going to be more... Is, I don't want to say essential. Just more value yeah, for just, money. Yeah, yeah gut, gut feeling right now is the midfield. I, 
obviously a Guerrero and, and Jesus. Jesus more so appealing because he's a little cheaper and probably will play just as many minutes. These guys could be scoring all of the goals. This conversation could be completely different in two months. Yeah. But yeah, my, my gut is telling me midfield right now. All right, let's 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 see if we can pick up the pace here a little bit. This is gonna be like a three-hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> Man United, uh, David De Gea still on the squad for now. Uh, I don't know what's happening there. I mean, he he's all over their Instagram, dude. On their <laughs> on their US tour, yeah. it seems like he's in everyone's good graces. Uh, yeah. uh, I think the defenders seem a little expensive. I mean, we we thought the Lindelof would come in at five point five, but buying at six, I, I wish he was five point five. I mean, I, I guess six is fair, but. Um, I don't see a ton of value there. Valencia, Valencia, yeah, that one is is really insane. Um, I mean, insane is kind of strong, but Lindelof is pretty appealing at five point five. If if it's a classic Moo team, they're keeping a lot of clean sheets. From what I've seen of him, I think he could end up being like a bonus point magnet. And if that's your way into one of the top teams in the league. I could deal with 5.5. Poor Luke Shaw, already with the yellow arrow next to his name. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, ennui. It <laughs> says 75% chance of, of, of playing ennui. Right, so I, I, I don't have any interest in Paul Pogba, even at, even at $8 million. Uh, he's just, I mean, unless, he's, unless the team changes in a way that he's playing further forward, I think that uh, $8 million is still too much for him, given where he plays on that squad. Uh, Pogba? Uh, Mkhitaryan at eight million is interesting. If if he's if he's going to start, the problem with this team, as it was last season, is there were no standout midfield players the right. entire we're season. At, All at the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everyone kind of had their moment, right. but it all really revolved around Zlatan. And then when he got injured, it all just revolved around them squeaking out a late. A late uh, Marcus Rashford goal. All right, well, so yeah, not, it's yeah. really it's really hard to judge these midfielders. But Pogba, I think Pogba might be most poised to have a breakout FPL season. Possibly, it's just he's just not his game is not scoring goals, you know. So I, I just think at eight million, he's a little too expensive. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree, but I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, I, I'm feeling I'm yeah. feeling him more than Mkhitaryan at, at this moment, right. and I mean, speaking of Instagram, it is the Paul Pogba and Romelu Lukaku bosom buddies show all over yeah. social media. That was I know the, the, the Lukaku they like apparently live close by and they're best friends, but I, it it almost reads like, like a marketing on, stunt. I know I, they're like on vacation and they share the same agent or something. And it, it was really gross. It made me like just not want to follow sports <laughs> at all. The whole thing. Was, there's so much money now. Uh, then I, I'm getting old, clearly. Uh, okay, say, so the, the say there is Brandon, you're, you're, you're ignoring the elephant in the room, which is Romelu Lukaku at 11.5 million. <laughs> the big issue here is that his ownership right now, among people who have joined the league so far as of you know Wednesday night, uh, is 47.8 percent ownership. You have to own him if mm-hmm. if, if he doesn't. You know, I mean, maybe I, I, it's, he's, his ownership level is so high. I hope he gets injured. Because Josh, he, I know Brandon. How I'm terrible. <laughs> you were just saying how much you hate sports. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and then you become one of those people. <laughs> well, I just think that uh, Lukaku is um, he at eleven point five. I mean, he's basically going to take over that Ebra slot. He's he's a natural goal scorer, and he's finally playing for a squad that is that is 
full of really talented players. I mean, he scored a ton of goals on an Everton squad that didn't really have much of a midfield. Yeah, he's just a natural finisher. I think everyone kind of has. <laughs> it's it's crazy. You think if he was on um, on a top four team, if he he could actually challenge Harry Kane for that golden boot. But he's he's straight in my squad. I've just got a feeling, and he's he's got a lot to prove uh, yet again. And I, I think he'll be ready. I think you can't not have him, given his ownership percentage, because if he yeah. does anything. You, like basically, if you want to try to be number one in the world this year, if that's if that's a, a goal that you at least want to harbor for a couple of weeks, you're going to have to have him in your squad because if he scores like three goals in the first two game weeks, there's you'll never catch up, right? It's yeah. just, it's basically, you're giving everyone else because everyone's going to captain him too, so it's just going to be this huge, you know, hole that you put yourself in right off the bat. All right, Joshua, Newcastle. Um, I see a lot of cheap people on this squad, which is actually really exciting. The only the only marginally expensive person is Dwight Gale at 6.5. I totally agree. This is a squad that is, you know, fantastic manager. Uh, they had Premier League talent in the championship last year, and they are, they are priced like a newly promoted squad instead of a squad that, that really has the talent to, to, you know, compete and not get relegated next year. We're total homers, but DeAndre Yedlin at 4.5. He was one of the best backs in the championship last season. Uh, he he could be a really great buy, uh, assuming he keeps his starting role. Yeah, and the midfield, I'm not as sure about. I mean, Matt Ritchie didn't do much when he you know played for Bournemouth uh, and then went back down to the championship, which I thought was kind of weird. It was, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what that was all about. Yeah. Uh, when, yeah, when Rafa calls, you answer, Josh. I guess so. I mean, John Joe's can be fun. You know, we'll see. I love watching John Joe, but I, I don't know that I like having him in my FPL team. I'm a little Gale gives me a little pause. I know how I know how well he played in the championship last year, but I, I'm a little concerned about whether I don't know. He's not very big, you know, and yeah. I, I I don't know if his skill set really translates to the, to the physicality of the Premier League game, but. Um, I guess we'll see. We can appreciate him from afar. It's a, it's, it's a wait and see. All right, so Newcastle is looking like really great value. We make a big jump in the alphabet, Josh, to Southampton. We do, and they have. I see they have a, like a new kit. Are you seeing this little, yeah, this little it's, kit it's, it, it's very white. <laughs> it's very white on the screen. You're used to seeing those red and white stripes yeah. for Southampton. There, I, I do appreciate how Southampton is not precious about the striped yeah. Home kits like they'll they'll mess around with the colors. I'm just gonna go ahead and suggest that we kind of just skip by Southampton here, right? There's there are no surprises in the Southampton squad. It's kind of everything's where you expect it to be. I, it seems like Gabby Dean is a little expensive at seven million. Yeah, he does. He does seem expensive at that price. I mean, I, I guess we point out Virgil Van Dyke at five point five with the potential for him moving to a sure. team like Liverpool sure. and. And that could turn into a valuable prospect. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Van Dyke at Liverpool or or a similar Premier League squad, um, great value. But, uh, yeah, I wonder if Southampton really is just going to put their foot down here, right? I mean, I, I, at some point they have to worry about their reputation, you know, with their fans as being a just a straight-up selling club. Um, yeah. Despite the fact that it's really worked out fine for them, um, you know, unless – I mean, they're not, like, getting closer to winning the championship. But, um, you know, they're, like – they feel like a, a – competitive squad that makes cup finals and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of the envy of every other mid-table squad, right? 
maybe outside of like Everton. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. It looks like their price not not a single price change between <laughs> yeah. this and last season. Yeah. Uh, Spurs. Okay, so I think I I felt like you were going to be right about Deli Ali at ten million, and I feel like he's priced to sell at nine point five. I yeah, love that. Totally was shocked that Erickson got the same bump, but what I yeah. do like about that is there's an equal choice to make. I think we were saying in the last pod if Erickson was at all cheaper over Deli Ali, it's a no brainer. Take Erickson every time. Yeah, at the same um, price, I, I think you got to go Ali. I agree. Yep. So then there's Harry Kane. You 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 were you were uh, slagging me off for predicting all these prices at point five, but here we are. It's yeah. it's all point five. I know you're you're right. Twelve point five. It's it's completely reasonable. The only reason I would even hesitate to bring Kane in is because you know they're playing in Wembley next year, uh, and I'm a little worried about you know what kind of adjustments that it's going to take. You know, like are they going to? Is it going to be harder for him to score goals? I mean, it's not. I mean, they're basically not playing home matches next year, you know. He's and famously a slow time. starter, too. Has I mean, he yeah. never scored a goal in August? Isn't that the deal? Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's it. It does. It gives me a little pause. I mean, I, he started, he finished the season so well last year that, you know, in, as of last May, it would have been unthinkable not to have Can in your team. <laughs> I still think it's kind of unthinkable just at the start to not have him on Team, but we've just got done discussing lots of other big strikers like Lukaku, Aguero, Jesus. It gets very tricky at, yeah, to, fit, to fit another. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you kind of have to decide who you're going to be right out of the gate. And I think logic and, and history would say Kane could be an essential the first month or yeah. so. And I agree. The the Wembley thing is is another monkey wrench. My only other thought here is that uh, I feel like Walker is a little expensive at six five for a guy who kind of like was out of the squad by the time that the season ended. Yeah, I I, I guess you read the tea leaves there that he's on his way out, but there's not a, been a lot of news right. with him. But so the fact that uh, the headline is Danny Elvez is going to PSG, and some people had predicted he might move to. Man City, so maybe that leaves a Kyle Walker size hole in Pep's plans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, Man City's defender list right now in the in the Premier League, I think it's like only four players listed. Yeah, so I, I think that's likely, and I think that six point five is a Manchester City price. Sure. sure. I mean, Spurs Spurs a phenomenal squad. It's also a fair Spurs price, but Vertonghen and and Toby at six more more appealing. Stoke City. Uh, this is another squad where there's there's not a lot to say here, right? <laughs> it's just like it's just it's it's the same squad <laughs> as last year, right? Is there anyone new yeah. on this team? Uh, I don't know where where where, where oh so Sobi is Sobi new? Sobi, uh, you don't know, know about no, oh Ramadan Sobi? Yeah, yeah, he he, yeah, he became me. a Sorry. fixture. I have no idea why Jack Butlin is five million instead of just four point five. Like why? Why is he five million? Like what? He's still reaping the benefits from that insane season he had two yeah, seasons ago. Same price as Tom Heaton. I, I don't really get that. Uh, the forward line looks awful. Uh, I assume they're, <laughs> they're going to buy somebody. Uh, yeah, let's move on. This, this whole squad is making me depressed. Let's move on to it, it, if if Arnie leaves, it, it could be it could be a rough season for Stoke. All right, Sigurdsson at eight point five at Swansea. Josh, what do you what are your feelings that, there? That is the price of a the, the site is assuming that he's moving to another squad. 
right? Yeah, that's that's his Everton price. Yeah, that's his Everton price because eight point five is insane for for Swansea. Well, was he seven last season? Seven point five. I think he was like six point five to start, and then I think he got up to like seven point five. Good for you, Siggy, out there making moves. Uh, Tammy Abraham is a player that we've talked about. We talked about him a little bit on last week's podcast. Uh, yeah, five point five. That's fun. Yeah, he's a he's a lonely player. Uh, not, you know, kind of in the the loftus cheek category, uh, but he's you know, scored a ton of goals last year in the championship. Uh, Lorente now looks like he probably will be on the. Uh, he will be able to start at the beginning of the season, so that does damper my enthusiasm for Abraham. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see whether. Um, I can't remember if Swansea played a two striker formation last year. I don't think they did, um, but maybe they'll. Maybe if Abraham is. Is, you know, I mean, they, they, they might have tried if they had more than one striker. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, AU, AU and Lorente both played at the same time, right? A little bit, Jordan AU? Yes, yes, that, that, that is correct. I think they, they just didn't have a lot of luck getting everyone firing on all c- yeah. cylinders at once. But what, speaking of, what do you think about Lorente at 7.5? Does that feel fair to you? I guess so. I mean, he really did score a lot of goals last year, you know, and then the, I mean, he scored 15 goals, you know, I mean, that's a seven seems like a reasonable, he's getting kind of old though. Right. I think he's like 34 or something like that. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I, the player that I like here is uh Fabianski at 4.5 million. He was five last year and he was just a little too expensive. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I do like him. I like him as a man. <laughs> yeah, I he's a good too. man. He does sound like a good guy, right? Uh, all right, Watford. Okay, man, we're really getting we're really getting to the end here, aren't we, Josh? We are, Brandon. It's been, I mean, it's been it a could... fun five hour podcast, but I'm I'm starting to fade. <laughs> Big man, Kapoo, five point five. You got to respect that. That's true. God, this whole so okay. I guess we have one. There's only one six million player, and that's uh, Perea, who is a great player when he's when he's healthy. Yes, he is. He's got that that sort of. Uh, Fancy Siri Ah way of playing, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, I guess Tridini actually is six point five. So you have you have one six point five million player. Halabas, everyone's favorite yellow card magnet and corner kick taker at five five point oh. That uh, that that could. Sure. I don't know. I feel like all the excitement from him is is drained away when you price him up. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, if, if you're a Watford fan, let us know uh, who we should take in this midfield. Because I'm looking right now at Hughes and Cleverly and, and Burgess and success. I, I liked, <laughs> the way you said Burgess, like Burgess. <laughs> Burgess. Uh, I liked Isaac Success last year. Uh, they've actually played him a little bit as a forward, I think. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't quite like. It didn't quite happen for him. So uh, maybe, maybe this is Isaac's year. I think Okaka comes back and he says, still my league. It's 0.2% ownership right now. <laughs> it's Okaka's year. It's always Okaka time. All right, West, All right, Brom. West Brom. Yeah, uh, yeah. here we are. What, what do we say about West Brom? So where did we end up with Jay Rodriguez? He was reclassed as, as a forward, which, which seems very appropriate. Right, right. He ended up at uh, six million, which I guess is fine. <laughs> West Brom is I, okay. So how much longer? It, it's like it's a great TV show so long as the whole cast stays together. But as soon as you start like dropping in new characters, things might fall apart. 
And I do fear that West Brom's storied defense, like as soon as you start stripping away guys like Gareth McCauley, right. who is now officially like 42 years old. I, I love the way they just, there's only four defenders listed, right? Because Brunt got moved into the midfield. And it's like they just shrugged their shoulders. They're like, you know what? They're all five. You know, mm-hmm. just like, do take your, you know, take a shot. You know, pick one of those four. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We'll just give all the goals to McCauley anyway. So uh, what's the difference? What do you think about Ben Foster at $4.5 million? You know, I, I think you were talking about Fabianski, and it could be a coin flip, but I think I might be a little more interested in Ben Foster as a goalkeeper rotation. I got so burned with Foster last year. You know, I had him the second half of the year, and I felt like I just I, I barely got a clean sheet out of him. It's true. It was like I was like I was saying. I feel like the the defensive stability is is sort of fading away at West Brom, yeah. but maybe they're an early start of the season team, and yeah. they have a little more gusto than. So, um, but but I agree. Maybe Swansea is the team that is more up and coming, more youthful, and they'll grow into it. And West Brown is just fading away. West Ham, Brandon, final team. We nailed Zabaleta's price at five million. Uh, the 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 only Boom. price he could have been, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there was, yeah, it wild <laughs> that we could have predicted a defender coming in at five point Pat ourselves on the back right, there. Right. Uh, Jose Font also at five million. That's a pretty good price. Uh, Cresswell, Cresswell at five, and I, I said this on uh, last week's podcast, but uh, and I said if Cresswell was the same price as all the other guys, uh, you got to go Cresswell, and I I stick to that because Cresswell can do a little bit of everything. Uh, can, a little set piece delivery, uh, can score some goals. He, he took a little step back last year, but I actually think he had some injuries. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking at his minutes played. Um, Last year versus the two years before that, and he actually played about twelve hundred less minutes last year. Yep. Um, so I think that uh, Cresswell at five million is a really interesting option. Unfortunately, uh, it's a very tough, very tough start of the season for West uh, West Ham. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to actually have any of those players to start off my season. Your two ta- your two challenges this season, Josh. Should you choose to accept them? Uh, one, get Andy Carroll uh, during the brief window in which he's healthy because it's 6.0. You got to like that. Right. And your second challenge is to get Mikel Antonio at 7.5 during the brief window in which he can't stop scoring goals. <laughs> I, I waited too long last year. I brought him in when he stopped scoring. Well, he did. He, he got too hot too early, and everyone <laughs> sort of – it was he was one of those situations where you thought you'd just ride it out, and it right. was – some painful, painful Mar- weeks there. You thought you were in for a Mares level run, and it just did not happen. Yeah, Antonio is—he's creeping up into that Sigurdsson price territory, and it's—it's it's hard to say if he's earned it or not. But I do like if Andy Carroll can get himself healthy. Oh my God! I—I I, I, do not talk yourself into Carroll. Do not bring in Carroll. <laughs> if Andy Carroll can get himself healthy, is like the most—is the biggest cliche in sports at this point. So, okay, so Andy Carroll is going to be the, nobody's going to have him in their draft teams right away, right? Because he's not healthy. Right. He's going to be one of the more popular waiver wire players in the draft game, I think, when he's when it's announced he might start. Yeah, that is true. And I, I guess we'll talk about the draft game next week, by the way, when it launches. Well, uh, I don't know if we're going to do any, I mean, the podcast, we, we might talk about waiver wire players on the podcast. Uh, you know, not coming episodes, but I, I don't know if we're going to offer a draft option. It's, it's really, it's a smaller thing, you know, I mean, I, you know, an ideal draft league is under 10, you know, closer to eight. It doesn't really, um, 
doesn't fit really for like a public league. I think. I mean, it's a very yeah. We're it, not opposed to it or anything. No, but it, I think you're right. It's it's a more intimate game. Yeah. Don't, and yeah. you want to have you want to sort of be in constant contact with other managers in your draft league because it is so detail oriented. There are there are actual transfer windows yeah. opening up and closing in real time. I will. I, if I if I just have if I could offer one suggestion, it's that if you're gonna do if you're gonna do the draft league, don't ask anyone to join your draft league if they're the kind of person who stops playing the game around game week twenty, which uh, is true for in my experience. About one third of every league is full of people who just stop playing right about twenty week twenty weeks totally. Of the and yep. how frustrating would it be if one of those players had Lukaku, and there's actually there's no there's no inter team intra not intra, inter-team transfers uh, allowed. So you just, nope, no one has Lukaku for the last 20 weeks. Um, and that doesn't seem very fun. So I, I think you do want players who are, you know, um, are people who are, like, really active, you know, to if you're going to do the league. Totally. All right, so we have just, like, a boatload more content coming up in the coming weeks just previewing the season. Isn't that right? Uh, that is right. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. And, you know, it's actually, yeah, it'll, it, the podcast gets easier to do as, as we go because we're kind of like we're just, we're just talking about impressions right We don't now. know anything right yeah, now. Yeah, we, we don't know anything. Exactly. So, we're just uh, learning how to pronounce the players' names at this point. Right, right exactly. So uh, if just – I'll say it again. Uh, two things. Uh, no, actually like three things. Uh, one is um, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends about the podcast because – um, you know, we're really trying, especially early on in the season, we want as many people to, to, to listen to the podcast as possible. Um, you know, we don't, we're not doing this for, for money or anything like that, but it is sort of fun to just keep kind of, you know, growing our audience as, as the weeks go by. So um, share the podcast. Um, and uh, you can follow us on social media. You can go to twitter.com uh, slash hailcheaters to find our Twitter feed, uh, facebook.com slash alwayscheating to, to friend us on Facebook um, or follow, you know, whatever. To, what, is, what is it? To join our page, right? You like it. You like to like the page. When's the last time you were on the internet, Josh? <laughs> it's been a, it's been about two decades. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, yeah. you were still waiting for that new AOL L, AOL disc to come yeah, in the mail. I like the information superhighway. I just I just don't have the time, Brandon. <laughs> sure, who do, who does these days? Uh, all right. So anyway, yeah. So, so find us. Uh, you can also uh, you learn more about the uh, Head to Head League and other things on the Patreon page, uh, which is patreon.com slash always cheating. Lest you forget, Josh, all of this information is available to our, our listeners in one easy stop. Always cheating dot com. That's our website. That's right. And uh, yeah, it, if you want to keep listening, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast and rate it, rate and review that that is always uh, definitely approved on our end. I I approve this message, and I I'm very jet lagged, Brandon. I am going to go take a well deserved uh, ten hour sleep. Take a nice rest, Josh, and <laughs> and to all our listeners, just lay your head down now. It's been a great podcast. You deserve it, and we'll see you next time, Brandon. I'll talk to you next week. Poku forever.